All right. Pleasure, pleasure talking shit with you, Mr. Steve. Uh -huh. Thanks for finally having us on. I think it was we first tried to do this a couple of years ago, didn't we? Yeah, somewhere around there, yeah. But I mean, like life life kind of shat in its hands and clapped, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, it did I think for everyone. Yeah, things but got a little bit weird. Mate, how's things? Like uh, I see things are popping off. Yeah, it's, do you know what? It's it's interesting to what people feel like it looks like it's popping off from like it, when you obviously only see me like Instagram or like anything social media wise, but yeah, it just seems like um, uh, everything's just kind of like molded into one for the last six, 12 months. But yeah, things going well, man. Started a new role, uh, got a new job, um, working for HWPO, still owning JST Compete. So it was all like a bit of a weird change there uh, for me, but um yeah just dove chucked myself back into the competitive scene we're doing some competing here and there getting back some training so just try to get um keep a balance really keep a balance of of life and not kind of take one particular part of life too full on because when i do that that's what i'll end up in the bin um so yeah just trying to keep a bit of a, a balance really and stay alive eh? and how is that going are you actually balanced or uh or is it a bit difficult you know what? Yeah, in the last uh, so I'm eight weeks into HWPO job now, and it's actually really helped me keep a better balance. Even though I've got like this another thing to to juggle, um, I've stepped away pretty much um, fully from JST. I still own the the business, and I still have to like you know speak to the accountant about the accounts and all that kind of boring stuff. But um, yeah, it's helped me keep a bit more balance with my life. Like it's a job where I work for someone else there's like set times when you're expected to work and when you're not and when you get holiday and like when you have days off so I feel like I have a bit more of a normal job if that makes sense compared to like being a business owner and trying just to work every hour under sun to make things work so yeah balance is back um which is nice um we're uh surviving again yeah, mate, it's good, and it's good to see you slinging some tin again, you know what I mean, getting out on the dance floor and uh, showing everybody how it's done properly. It's mad, isn't it? It's, I think about, I think I did a post, actually, about eight months ago. If you asked me if I'd ever compete again, I just laughed at, I just laughed at you and said, not not a chance, slamming that. My brain wasn't ready to do it, my body wasn't ready. I just had accepted that it wasn't ever going to happen again. Mm. And then fast forward eight months, I've done, I think, five five comps, and I'm slinging... Um, lifetime pbs on stuff that i just thought i would never get anywhere near so um yeah it's good man enjoying it enjoying it well why why'd you do it why'd you come back do you know what there was a point um uh when was it it was the quarterfinals time um so we're talking uh march i think yeah it was about march and did the quarterfinals weekend. We had about nine athletes down in our gym and there was like six workouts each or something, five or six workouts. So it was like, we did like 50 online qualifying workouts over a weekend and it was fucking savage. And I was just ill. I was ill for the next week. I was um, just like re like dry heaving, just retching, just like, just had load of like wind, load of gas. And it was just stress uh, related really just because I'd run myself into the ground just to get these people qualifiers and um, I just remember lying now I'm actually in, I'm in my bedroom right now I was on my bed right in front of me here and uh, I was just like what the fuck am I doing 
Like, I'm, put, I'm putting myself out for all these other people, which I wasn't necessarily, like, getting the, like a return back from in terms of, like, it wasn't properly satisfying me. Um, I'm doing this for all these other people. I'm not even, like, looking after myself. I feel fucking miserable, and I feel like shit because I'm also ill again. Um, and it was, it was just, like, a bit of a like wake up moment as to be like start looking after yourself before you start doing all these other things for other people um so just got myself back into some to some training i was playing i was back playing football at the time so it kept me relatively fit ish you know it kept things ticking over um so just jump just force myself back into some training dropped a bit of workload dropped a few clients that i was working with a few athletes and just created a bit more of a balance. And then just naturally, as I started training uh, consistently, I got that little bit of a, you know, you get four weeks in and someone, I've got a good mate, Sean, who I've I've known since we were 13 and I've written a training program for him since fucking 2010 or something. Um, I'd let him know I'd, I was a month back into training and uh, the band started flying straight away, and we yeah. and we just uh, like should we do this comp, that comp, and then it just kicked off. And then fast forward eight months, we're uh, five five comps deep, and we're thinking about um, masters competitions next year. So um, just just re getting balance, and it just naturally happened. Like my mindset just just changed because I was feeling happier because I was just looking after myself uh, better, basically. Mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's important, mate. I think it's necessary. You know what I mean? Because you can take the the hat off of like being a coach, and you're kind of responsible for everybody else, right? And you can put that looked at selfish hat on of being an athlete, but you've only got to focus on you. And I think yeah. you need that like little piece of time where you've been smashing yourself in the face with like a thirty minute workout or some barbells or whatever, and you're just like, you know what? Like this is kind of like a stress relief. It sounds really fucked up from an outsider's perspective, but like it really does help the head. Yeah, it does. And do you, do you know what? Do you know where I went wrong is because as an athlete, when 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 competing and um, training was the only thing that I needed to be bothered about, I was I was all in with that. Like every part of every aspect of my life was geared towards training and competing, and nothing else would get in the way. So that to me became the norm of how you would. Um, how you would do something. Yeah. So then, when I decided to take a step back and no longer have been an athlete as like the main priority, and turned that to business, then I had I would have that same attitude toward business, and that that was great. Like it, it meant that the business could could grow and could build. But then, when you start having that attitude for everything, um, like business or family, then you just fully neglect, like, so I fully neglected training and looking after myself. And for a short-term period, you know, like six to 12 months, you can get by and you're all right because this new thing that you're plowing everything into um, is doing well, so you get it back. But after about 12 months, it was just like, right, well, this isn't the way, actually, I should live my life. I shouldn't be trying to plow everything into one thing. I need to just do, like, have three or four different things and put an equal amount of energy into each one. So like myself and training and stuff that, you know, stuff that I want to progress in or like hobbies, family, business, and then just like maybe social life as a separate one and and, and put an equal amount of, you know, like energy into each. So that's what I feel like 
I've done better in the last year. Um, and it's just helping, you know, just means that I can work well. I'm, try, I'm not trying to have the best business in the world. I'll be the best at my job. Um, I'm not trying to be the best athlete in the world. I'm trying to be good at everything, do you know what I mean? Rather than trying to fucking completely excel in one area and just let the other areas um, fall behind. So, no, I yeah. agree, and I can I can really like relate to that. Like, if I just give myself one thing, I was like, "This is kind of who you are now." You're like channel uh, channel vision. Like, I just bury myself, and the next thing you know, you're absolutely spent. You know, your body's broken down mentally. You can't even string a sentence together. I'm all cross-eyed. You know what I mean? You're just like, "What the fuck did you just do to yourself?" <laughs> you know. So it's kind of like you have to spread yourself a little thinner. You know, so it's yeah. like, oh well, these other things need need topping up as well. So it's like, oh, I can only spend maybe an hour a year, thirty minutes, couple hours, and then I need to move on. You know, and it's uh, yeah, it, it definitely helps me out as well. Maybe we're just nuts. Yeah, I think I think you know people are wired up that way. I mean, I know I know people who are just like never been interested in like going full on with one thing and getting like obsessed with one thing. And sometimes I'm a bit jealous of those people, but I'm sure they look at the other way around and see. You know, people like us who probably can get obsessed about that one thing and go, mm-hmm. how, how do you get that passionate about one thing? There's pros and cons to each side of it, isn't there? But, um, and I think you've got to go through stages in life where you are obsessed with something as long as you're, you know, enjoying being obsessed with it. But yeah, when you get to your mid-30s now, I think balance is a little bit more important. Yeah, mate, I think so, mate. I think so. I got, I got a question though, because I know you've got like, I don't know how many fucking people now. It's it's an absolute metric ton, right? What's the biggest thing you've learned from coaching? Biggest thing I've learned from coaching. Um I've learned try the best way to sum this uh, kind of summarize this. Spoke about it a little bit actually just the other day. I put a little post on Instagram. Um that taking responsibility, like it people need to be able to take responsibility for themselves um and from coaching it's made me realize that that was probably my biggest strength as an athlete when when I was um you know just competing myself was I was always quite good at um taking responsibility for all areas so like if my nutrition shit it's not my person that was helping me with my nutrition it's it was me not applying myself to mm-hmm. what my nutritionist told, told me or if my m- mobility or something was, I've got imbalances. It wasn't because of the physio hadn't told me what I need to do. I wasn't going out of my way. So always just taking that responsibility over things that you're in control of rather than pointing the finger. And I think when I got into coaching, because I coached, you know, I've coached quite a few different people, whether it's in just like in a one-off session or like in a seminar or in someone day-to-day and an online program, you start identifying some of these people that take responsibility for themselves and some of these people that just point the finger and, and blame other people. And there is, and there's a very strong correlation between the people that have been like really successful in the sport. They take responsibility of everything that they do and everything that they're in control of. And the people that I've seen maybe fall short of what they're potentially capable of like physically um, is because they don't take they're not taking that responsibility of of their actions um so i think it's a that's that's a huge uh that, that's a huge thing i think um 
probably one of the other things. And I guess it, it links in similar is like emotional intelligence. Um, just like someone being able to be in control of their emotions. If something like amazing happens, not to get carried away and get a huge big ego. And then at the other end of the scale, if something shit happens, you have shit training sessions or, you know, you get an injury, not to be like beating yourself up too much about it and just to be able to kind of like flatline your emotions and use them, use the emotions, whether the great or the, the able to use them in a way where it can continue you on your like um on your path to that you're responsible of your reactions and your actions um based off your um you know how you deal with any situation um but they're probably the main things that i've become aware of once i've stepped into coaching um yeah I think I put those two down as as your answer there, I think. Yeah, I think that's the the beauty of sport, right? And something something physical, whether it's working out, you know, just as a hobby or whether it's like, right, we're going to go do this thing as a, as like semi-pro, pro or, or start competing, right? It's like, it teaches you how to deal with those like sort of look that's negative emotion where it's like oh you're nervous or you're anxious or you feel like shit you go down it's like yeah but you got to deal with that like that's you're a human being you're gonna feel that anyway you know what i mean that's gonna come so we have to be able to get through it you know and uh, i think that's where sport is a really unique position because it, it kind of throws it in your face and i was like look bitch what are you gonna do with this you know like because at the end of the day like you've still got nine reps left you know, and yeah, it's uh, I love it, man. I, I like that mental game. It puts you in a pretty dark hole sometimes, but the the clarity you get outside of it, you know, after the fact, I don't think you can replicate that um, in any other way. Yeah, I know what you mean. And I, my um, my little lad now, my son Jesse is is four years old, and um, he's just been going to a new preschool, new nursery, and uh. He's been getting a bit, a bit upset going in. It's like his second week, uh, third week maybe. And he's upset going in because he's been feeling nervous. Hmm. And he's like, he's never obviously felt nervous before. He's four years old. Like some, like some of these emotions are like quite new. And he says his, his tummy feels uh, poorly. Um, and then like you, you understand what worried means. He's feeling worried and he's getting nervous that he's going into this environment. Uh and going to be like big people that he's never seen, big building because it's like a bigger nursery than the one he went to before. And uh, it's obviously you can't relate to it. You can't you can't explain this to a four year old. But it's like it is just like maybe like a, the, the the feeling you have before any workout you do or a qualifier where you've got that apprehension, that nerves because you're not sure what to expect or before a competition. Um, but it's like coming out of the back of those scenarios, whether it's training, whether it's a football match or whatever mm-hmm. it is. It may it helps you realize that like those feelings like nervousness and stuff is all right and it's and it, you don't have to avoid them which maybe some people do because when you come out the back of it and you and you learn from it and you experience whatever it was that you were feeling nervous about um yeah. it does help you grow as a as a person and my uh, niece actually she had, she started doing MMA she doesn't really into sports too much and she started going to MMA. And we could all see like this huge change in her, uh, not just physically, but like she's more com- became more confident and more outgoing. You could tell that she had more interest when she went to school. Um, 
she was going, just kind of continued going to these MMA classes. And because she was exposing herself to like something new, that challenge that she's a bit nervous about mm. and then overcoming it. And it was like, you could see, you could just see in her like a uh, confidence just growing as a person just from you know, doing this hobby that she was maybe a little bit uncomfortable with at first. Mm. Um, so it's, yeah, it's good to see man and how it relates to other things in life. It's not just about getting to the gym and, um, you know, doing something that makes you physically fitter or look a little bit better. It's, there's a whole package in there. Yeah, for sure, man. And it's 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 quite cool to highlight that because let's be honest, ninety nine percent of the people that that move and do something, they're never going to compete. You know, okay. and then even more, they're never going to get to a the higher level, right? We like to put eyes on the gladiators in the arena, but like they're they're the top, they're the pinnacle, right? It's like, well, we're also feeling the same emotion they are. You know, the only difference is like they're a little bit physically fitter than than we are, right? Oh, relative, and my niece actually stopped going to MMA, and I, and I asked the asked the parents, "Oh, why does she not go anymore?" And they said, um, "Oh, um, she didn't want to compete in it." Um, I was like, "It's not you don't have to compete in it. Like, you don't have to go anywhere. You just need to go." And you, there's so many other things that you learn from just like exposing yourself to challenges like that. But um, I'll get back into it. Yeah, that's 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 a great point for for kids doing sport. Like it's usually pushed down the competitive route, right? And you're like, no, no, this is what you got to go do. You got to play sport on a weekend or whatever. It's like, no, you can just turn up to train and have fun and kick the ball around with your mates or slam someone around and learn an art or form or something like that. Like you don't have to go for a gold medal. Yeah, exactly. And that was that was me as a kid. You know, I did every sport on the sun, but I was I was never like. I was never amazing at one. I was pretty good at most. I was one of those kids that could would learn a new sport and be quite good at it straight away. But I was never like amazing. I was never like top in the class at any sport. And but in my head, I was never like. I never wanted to be like a pro footballer or a pro fucking table tennis player or something. I just I just really enjoyed like getting better and competing and playing matches and. And just like the physical challenges that I would get from doing sport each day. And it only got to when I was 20, was it 20, I think I was 22 years old when I found CrossFit, when I was like, oh, like, how I feel like I actually want to get to the top of this sport. I've not, and I never had felt that pre in, I must have done football, rugby, swimming, fucking athletics, cross country, table tennis, every sport that you can think of I'd done to a, an okay level. Um, But because I had just, hit myself with all those, you know, all those different sports, all those challenges as a kid, it put me in a position where, um, you know, I was used to overcoming like skills or overcoming problems when it came to CrossFit and learning all these daft new kipping movements. Um, I was, I was exposed to having to learn a new thing most days. So um, I think that's what helped me, um, you know, get to the point that I did in the CrossFit career. Cause I wasn't trying to like, be a pro footballer or be a pro sportsman as a kid. I was just enjoying doing whatever it is that that I wanted to do, whatever sport it was, whatever the after school club was that day. That mm. I was just enjoying and, and doing it. Um so yeah, there's more there's so much more than that can be gained by doing sport rather than just, you know, being the person that makes it on the telly type thing. Mm. Uh, I think a lot of people, a lot of parents anyway, they probably misunderstand that maybe if they didn't achieve things that were in their life they try and then achieve it through the kids don't they and uh yeah there's more there's more to it 
Ah, uh, brother, that's that's my one of my biggest pet peeves, man. You know, I was like, and uh, like I used to coach people swimming, right? Well, the strength and conditioning side, anyway, not in the pill. And you'd see it all the time. Like swimming parents are the worst. I was like, no, no, no. These these kids need to swim equivalent of twenty four hours in a week. You're like, the kid's seven. What do you mean? Like the the kid is fucking seven years old. She's been off the party for like two weeks. What do you mean? Yeah. I was like, no, no, no. She needs to go to the Olympics or whatever. I was like, have you actually spoke to little Elsa? Have you asked her what she wants to do? It's like she probably just wants a cookie and like a bedtime story. You know what I mean? You're there just like lashing them in the pool, like just like no, let them let them mess around and. You know, that's kind of, it's difficult because swimming and gymnastics are like early specialization sports, right? So they're usually spent by 14 and you're like, ah, I get it. But also, is this the right way to go about it? Yeah. No, is the answer. Yes. That's what I mean. Exactly. On friends says, like, I've, I've experienced elite sport and like, we'll watch, like, you watch the World Cup now that's on and like, we're going to get through into the knockout stages soon and someone's probably going to miss a penalty that knocks their nation out of the World Cup at some point uh, in the tournament. And then the hurt that, that that one person then has to deal with for probably the ongoing, the rest of their career. Gareth Southgate, for example, has been an example. Saka, the Euros um, uh, last last year, like what they have to, have to deal with and the pressure from the media and all the fucking followers and then the abuse that they then get, like that's the side of elite sport to me where unless my child is adamant that he wants to become like a professional or elite sport, like it, it ain't getting pushed on him because mm-hmm. the the detrimental effects that it could potentially have on it, although there can be an amazing things that come from that. And if he wants to do that, then fantastic. Then I'll, I'll support him. But like it's not getting pushed into something like that because it can be, you know, the, the elite side of sport can be brutal. Um, and sometimes not worth the, um, like the effects that that come from it. Um, in my opinion, anyway. Yeah, agreed, man. Like especially football, right? Like everybody. I don't know if it's like a British thing, but we all like focus on the negative, right? Whether it's they paid too much, they missed a fucking penalty, or they didn't work hard enough for us, whatever. And I was like, we're commentating, sat on the couch eating frigging fries. You know what I mean? I was like, you're like five beers deep here, son. Shut your mouth. Like, you can't play Sunday league properly. You know what I mean? Like, at the end of the day, they put the jersey on. You know, they're representing the country. And maybe a child is like, I'm going to work hard in my maths test because yeah. this person's like, you know, representing the country on the other side of the world. And like, we've got to be able to focus on the good stuff, right? Like the um, foundations that have been put up and, like like Rashford on the telly the other day, like he's a Withenshaw kid, right? And like that's where I that's where I grew up. And um it's like, well, yeah, he did obviously he did all that work for kids for skilled dinners. And everyone everyone then uh, complains that he was off his game for a while. Well uh. I was like, but he's kicking a ball, that doesn't mean anything. Like he's helping kids, like focus on that. Fuck the commentators where they're saying, Oh, I his head was down, didn't look like he wanted to put the shirt on. And it was like, yes, because there's millions of eyes on him. How about we focus on, like, he actually gave young Jimmy a one hot meal that he's had that day and he didn't have to pay for it. You know what I mean? It is, man. And, it, and, it, and whether it is a British thing or not, but even just, like, now, like, we we beat Iran 6-2 and then we drew 0-0 with um, America. 
and we're there's this the slagging all of the, the players off and they're slagging off Southgate for his selection, whatever. But then meanwhile, there's like Spain that play, are playing like well and average and idolizing everything that a different country yeah. is doing. So we always complain about our own country and then idolize like Brazil and Spain, which are doing okay, but then they're, they're not beating people six two, do you know what I mean? Mm. Uh, grass yeah, is greener, I right? I think it is. Um yeah, grass is greener. What's the saying? The grass is green on the other side if if you water it or something like that, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, the grass is greener where you water it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like disregarding our own people, but Britain's bloody great for it. But anyway, that's kind of going off on another tangent. <laughs> well, I got three questions. Yeah, are the quick fire ones are. They are. It depends. It depends if you got a quick fire answer. Ah, <laughs> uh, <Probably. laughs> what's the greatest piece of life advice you've ever received? Um, do you know what? I won't call it a piece of advice, but my wife turned around to me. It was around about the same time I was talking about March last year. When she could tell that I was like miserable, and um, and she's like, if uh, work and money wasn't anything that you had to worry about, like what would you do every day? And it was just like that thought provoking question that she asked me, and then obviously the answer was then probably the advice, it was the piece of advice. But the answer for me was I would make sure I'd train every day. First of all, as one of the first things I did, um, and that's what I then started to do, and work and family and social relationships everything else off the back of it improved because of it so i would say that question was i would class that as advice maybe mm. it's a great question man it's a, it's a good lady to have in your corner to ask you a difficult question like that like you know people that are gonna poke and prod you in the right way and ask those difficult questions you need those motherfuckers around man yeah yeah and she, She's always been she's always been good at like um reading when I've felt like that and then you know making me think about how to make a change rather than just saying you need to do this, you need to do yeah, that. Like yeah, yeah. always tell someone what to do, but they have to make their own decisions, don't they? So hundred and ten percent, mate. Uh what's the what's the worst piece of life advice you ever received? <laughs> um Yeah, actually, there was a there was a coach that I used to work with when I became when I was going to becoming uh, doing more coaching. There was a coach that I was working with that um, said, "If you're going to be a coach, like you don't have time to train, you don't have um, you like you'll be permanently knackered type thing. Like you'll be running into the ground." Like and it made me feel like that was how I needed to be to be a good coach. Mm. Uh, yeah, so that was that was pretty bad advice. Yeah, I would say so too. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. it sounds simple now, but you know, at the time, it was just like he made it just made me feel like if I'm going to be a successful coach like this person, you know, it had success. If I'm going to be successful like they are, then you know, I need to be on five hours sleep and I need to be yeah. smashing those first thing in the morning to get by and. Um, I need to not, if I'm training, then I'm not working hard enough and stuff like that. So, yeah. yeah it's the whole thing of like, um, like I get questions all the time, right? It was like basically of in terms of training and coaching. I'm like, well, if I couldn't do it or if I moved like shit or if I basically 
I don't know, could clean and jerk 40 kilos, right? I'm not, not taking that away, but I'm I'm 90 kilos. I should be able to pick up more than 40 kilos yeah. and put it above my head, right? I'm like, well, would you would you kind of trust me? And the answer is always no. And I'm like, exactly. Like, the, it's not in your job description, but it is. You know, if I came in like waddling side to side and I've, have like type two diabetes, you're like mm, probably an issue here, mate. I don't think I'm going to give you my pounds to tell me how to be a fitter and healthier individual. Yeah, exactly. And when, you know, when I think about it, that same person that gave me advice had got like skin conditions due to stress and um, like couldn't squat because of certain problems with the body. And it's just like, well, it's just exactly what you've said there. Like, um, but you know, at the time you're, you, you take on advice as it's as given to you. And- yeah, of course. 100%. Last question. What's What are the three words you'd tell your younger self? Um, hmm. I think one would be just to keep working hard. I think I always used to just work hard in the sport setting. Um, two would be not to, this is probably not a great message to put out, especially for young people listening, but like not to be too worried about like the grades that you get. That you mm-hmm. get. Like I still got a good grade, like six Bs, four Cs, GCSE, and then I think I got, um, I got two one eventually at uni, but um, like sometimes worried that academically I wasn't getting good enough grades to be able to get a good job, but Follow you, follow your passion, and you get there eventually. What else? Um, being small, being a smaller person, has more benefits. The older you get, you're only being big. It only helps you when you're a kid. Like if you stay in five foot seven, five foot eight for the rest of your life, there's uh there's positives that come with that one. Nice, especially, especially if you get to CrossFit. Yeah, I mean, I'm 5'10 on a good day, you know what I mean? That's if I wear my lifters and I've not squatted that day, I'm not compressed. Just woken up and you've not shrunk over the day. <laughs> yeah, legit. I'm like going down to the uh, the driver's license, getting it changed and put 5'10 on it, you know what I mean? Like 178 on the dot, baby, here we go. <laughs> anyway, brother, I appreciate your time, man. I know you're uh, I know you're a busy man, but I appreciate it, man. It was, uh, it was good to talk. Thanks yeah, for coming Talk shit, and uh, I'll see if I can pop in a GST, just throw some bars around. Yeah, man. Easy. Right. Appreciate it. Have a good day, lad. Bye, everybody.